0: Welcome to Explain It for the first Sunday after Epiphany. And the Gospel is Matthew chapter 3, uh, verses 13 through 17, the baptism of Jesus. Now there are some big questions that we have. And the first one is answered in the season of Epiphany. And that is, is God with us? The second one is, well, you know, if he's with us, then what's his heart like toward us? Uh, Is he against us or is he... Is he for us? So these big questions uh, really have big answers in uh, the person and the work of Jesus. So the 12 days of Christmas are followed by this season of epiphany. And epiphany just simply means uh, manifestation. Uh, or as the hymn uh, verse goes, God in flesh made manifest. So that's just John chapter 1 where uh the Gospel writer says, the Word became flesh, and He made His dwelling among us. So, the Son of God takes on human flesh um, and um, dwells among us. He is, he is with us. Uh, then the question we have is, well, is He, is he for us? So, manifestation. Um, God in the flesh, in the season of Epiphany, gives us a number of different uh, Gospel readings and accounts uh, to make it very clear that the Son of God, the Messiah, uh, is among his, his people. So you see it traditionally for the reading uh, of Epiphany itself, January 6th in the Western Church, with the coming of the Magi. You also have the baptism of Jesus. You have uh, the boy Jesus in the temple. During the season of Epiphany, you have the wedding at Cana, the first miracle, Uh, And then other miracles, uh, you have also the transfiguration. Uh, So all of those represent that this God uh, is with us. Then you move into the Lenten season, and then it becomes very clear uh, that the reason that this Son of God is uh, among us is so that he might be for us. So you could say in Jesus, uh, we are uh, comforted with the fact that God himself dwells with us so that he might become sin for us and defeat that sin and defeat uh, death and defeat uh, the devil. So the great exchange is uh, often spoken of in the Old Testament, uh, and also that phrase instead of, uh, and that's going to be connected today uh, through the Old Testament reading, um, also in the epistle, but mainly you see it uh, fulfilled or filled to the full as Jesus begins his ministry uh, with his baptism. So in Isaiah chapter 61, the Old Testament lesson, it's really a shadow. Um, and the fulfillment, the reality is, is Jesus. And the phrase is, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. So Isaiah writes, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. And it's speaking of Messiah. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. Continues by saying, and note here the uh, exchanges, the great uh, instead of's. To comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Now, this text itself, Isaiah chapter 61, um, Jesus himself reads it in the synagogue, and uh, he takes the scroll of the prophet Isaiah in his hometown of Nazareth, and he unrolls it, and he reads that text, The Spirit of the Lord, Sovereign Lord, is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Now, after he reads it, the text says that he rolls up the scroll, and he gives it back to the attendant, and he sits down. And uh, he sits down to teach. So you stand up to read, uh, you sit down to teach. And then, you know, everyone's looking at him in the synagogue, and he begins uh, his teaching by saying, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Today, Isaiah chapter 61 is fulfilled in your hearing. So that's uh, this idea of uh, the great exchange or instead of. There's another um, set of words, takes up and takes away. So this is Isaiah chapter 53. It talks about the suffering servant or, uh, again, uh, Jesus the Messiah. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, and yet we considered him stricken by God and smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions and he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds we are healed. And then in verse 10 it says, Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. Uh, The third set of phrases... um, are uh, he became uh, so that we might become. So this is where the epistle, Second uh, Corinthians uh, chapter five. Uh, Paul writes, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So this perfect one, uh, in his active obedience, he fulfilled the law perfectly. God made him who had no sin, to be sin for us, so that in him we might become something, we might become the righteousness of God. So the baptism of Jesus, as you ask the question, so why was Jesus baptized? I think these words are helpful. Uh, He is baptized because there is a great exchange occurring. There is a instead of, he takes up and he takes away. He becomes so that we might uh, become. So. Matthew chapter 3, Jesus comes from Galilee to the Jordan, and he's baptized by John, and and John tries to deter him, uh, and he says, well, I I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? And Jesus replies, well, let it be so now. It's proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness, and the text says then John consented. So as soon as Jesus is baptized, uh, he goes up out of the water, and at that moment, uh, the text says, heaven is opened, and John sees the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him, and then there's this voice from heaven that says, this is my Son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. So you have the Spirit descending and the voice of the Father. Now again, John uh, was told, the Spirit had told him that the one that you see, um, the Spirit of God descending like a dove, that is the Messiah. And so this is again confirmed with the voice from heaven saying, This is my son uh whom I love. Now you hear this voice again in the transfiguration. So Jesus is on this mountain with his disciples, just a few of them, and all of a sudden he is uh transfigured. He shows them um this divinity, right? Uh so pulls back uh the humanity uh, his human nature and, and reveals to them this divine nature and they see it and they're afraid and this voice from heaven comes, uh, to them and says, this is my son whom I love with him. I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Now to our ear, that just might be a sentence, right? This is my son whom I love with him. I'm well pleased. Listen to him and not really, you know, thinking too much about it but the but the hebrew people especially uh the disciples and uh those in this context are very aware of um the old testament references so uh they are really scripture saturated old testament saturated with understanding of the law and the prophets and the psalms Uh, So when they hear, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased, listen to him. In their mind, they're making these references to the Old Testament, specifically Deuteronomy 18, Psalm 2, and Isaiah 41. The reference to the law is Deuteronomy 18, where it says there, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own brothers, and you must listen to him. So when the voice says, listen to him, uh, this is as if uh, the voice is saying, he is the fulfillment of all things in the the Torah, the Pentateuch, uh, the law. He is the prophet, the one who will come from your own brothers. Listen to him. The second reference is, uh, this is my son, is a direct reference to Psalm chapter 2. Uh, you are my son. Today I have become your your father. It's one of those royal psalms that when a king uh, at his coronation uh, received these, these words. But the ultimate king, uh, the ultimate son of David, is Jesus. And the third one is the prophetic um, writings. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight, and I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations." Okay, so, um, you know, there is this, again, affirmation during Epiphany that God himself is with us. Now, in the baptism of Jesus, we'll go back to these uh, these words. It's a great exchange. Uh, there is an instead of, there is a taking away and a taking up. There is a becoming sin so that we might become righteous. So if you think of the the baptism of Jesus, not as being baptized in such a way that he comes as a a sinner, sinful in his actions, but rather he comes as the righteous one, and we are the sinners. And he goes into the water, and he exchanges. There's a instead of. He takes on all of the sin of humanity, and he becomes... um, Uh, dirty with the sins of the world in his baptism, and he participates uh, in the sins of the world, and he becomes that sin for us, and he takes it up, and he carries it, and this is the beginning of his ministry, and this is what he has come to do. Um, And then uh, he takes away the sin of the world, and he, by that, then exchanges his righteousness uh, his purity. And in our baptism, then, our sins are washed away. Our sins are taken away because they have been put put on Jesus. So remembering your baptism, perhaps you've heard that phrase, you know, remember your baptism. It doesn't necessarily mean this idea of, you know, I was baptized on a certain date after my, after my birth. But um, it's rather this idea of being remembered or Connected to, uh, to participate in um, the baptism of Jesus, the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, the life of Jesus. So Romans six says that we're we're connected. We participate in the death and the resurrection of Jesus in our our baptism. So there is this taking. Uh, there is this taking away. Now, just a little side note. Um, if anyone ever asks you, so how would you uh you know describe uh this reality that you confess about a triune God using some scripture verses? Uh, because the word Trinity is not in the Bible, but the very clear revelation of it is uh you could say this: that A, B, and C, uh, the ABCs of the Trinity are found in the following scriptures. Obviously, B would be the baptism. Right, So there, Jesus is in the water. The Son of God, who has taken on human flesh, is there in the water with John the Baptist. And then the voice from heaven speaks, this is my Son. So that's the Father. And then the Spirit descends. So right there in the baptism of Jesus, you have three distinct persons of the Godhead. One God, but three distinct persons. In the Annunciation, there's another reference there where the angel says uh, to Mary, "Don't be afraid, because what is conceived in you is of uh, the Holy Spirit, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. So the one conceived is the Son of God, who takes on human flesh. It's conceived uh, by the Holy Spirit, and he will be called something, the Son of God. And then in the creation, uh, you have uh, John chapter one says, the Word." was in the beginning, and through him all things were were made. So you have the Father speaking the word, and the Spirit hovers over the waters. In the Great Commission, Jesus Jesus himself says, go make disciples this way, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Again, baptizing means to be connected to the death and to the resurrection of Jesus, and the name then of the triune God is placed upon us so these are big questions right is god with us and they deserve big answers and it really comes in, in the form of, of names right so uh jesus is known uh as emmanuel which means god is god is with us and during the season of epiphany you see this god with us made flesh manifesting that god himself Is among uh, his people. And Jesus begins this ministry of God then to show us what his kingdom is like, that he goes into the waters to begin that great exchange, uh, to begin uh, becoming sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. So he's really just living up to his name, which is Jesus, that he will save his people from their sins. So big questions big answers. Is God with us? Um, Epiphany says, yes, he is Emmanuel, God among his people. And is God for us? Well, in the baptism, we see that Jesus is even there beginning his ministry to take away the sins of the world.